No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Let's go! And welcome to the Friday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone, all in our socially distanced boxes here on a Friday. Gentlemen, another week in the books. Everybody doing good on a Friday? Feeling good on a Friday? Heading into a weekend with a whole lot of football, and it means... We are barely over a week away from Pac-12 football returning as well, which uh, I know is near and dear to my heart, near and dear to Jordan's heart. So we're uh, we're getting close, gentlemen. But yeah, another football weekend is on tap. Looking forward to it. Yes, should be are a fun one. And yeah, dude, you're you know you're supposed to be there, right? Like you, yeah, you got to work next week. You're a part yeah. of the broadcast okay. that you and I both work yeah, on cool. with Arizona State. So yeah, next weekend. Uh, uh, your schedule. Mark, you're working. Mark your calendar if you're available, Jordan. Feel free to join us on the broadcast network, yeah. and, and we'll put together an Arizona State broadcast next uh, next weekend against USC. See if you can make it. That'd be awesome if you could be there. Yeah, that'd be, that'd yeah. Be good. I think I that you. would. I think that would <laughs> enhance the the program next weekend. Be good. Uh, guys, be good. you you mentioned college football off the top for the Pac-12, but there is a college football story, and it is the main topic as we tell everybody what is in the lead on the program today this is the one they're talking about and uh gentlemen trevor lawrence yesterday we learned is going to be missing the game against boston college this weekend because he has tested positive for the coronavirus and now all eyes are focusing to the timeline that is in place, the 10 days that he has to sit out, and whether or not he's going to be able to play in their next game against Notre Dame. I think everyone's kind of looking past this Boston College game that Clemson's still going to be fine. I think the the, the spread has moved like four points. They're still favored by like 27 and a half in this game. So, Sean, this is, I, I would say, the biggest player in college football that we've seen, uh, and he is the biggest name in college football that we've seen test positive for this yeah, virus, but yeah. this is different. Because we've already seen how the Big Ten is going to handle a star player uh, in the Wisconsin quarterback who's got to sit out 21 days because of their protocols. This one, this one's only 10. So that right. Notre Dame game's still up in the air, but it looks like he could potentially play next weekend. Yeah, and that's all that really matters. You mentioned it. The Boston College this weekend, Clemson's going to roll anyway. Uh, hopefully he's cleared by then. Uh, even 10 days to me seems crazy. If you I mean if you can test negative for a week, dude, you're you're good. If you get two or th- you know two three max you know tests in that pr- that show negative, you're good. So yeah, the 21 days, the protocols of that nature are just insane. Hopefully he's able to get back. He says that his his symptoms are extremely mild, um, and he just wants to get back to playing football. So hopefully he's able to do so. But yeah, this is the biggest name, but. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest, it's not the biggest impact we've seen. We've seen games canceled outright, so this isn't yes. going to do that. You know, this is just a big name that we're all keeping an our, our eye on, uh, who's who's the the obvious number one overall pick this year. But this won't stop that. You know what I mean? He's still going to be the number one overall pick, whether he misses yeah. this game and Notre Dame or just this game. It doesn't matter. Um, really, we're just watching it to see what what impact it has on Clemson. But if he's not able to play, if he tests negative between now and the Notre Dame game and they don't let him play because of protocols, we, we need to really start to check what the hell we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, if he tests negative, let the kid play. Hopefully it won't affect him uh, against Notre Dame a week from now. And Jordan, the the big thing here for Clemson, right? Trevor Lawrence, he's going to potentially have to miss the 10 days. But through contact tracing, Trevor Lawrence lives by himself. So they feel that this is an isolated case. So that's another positive that we can take away from this is that, look, it looks like Trevor Lawrence not experiencing any, you know, severe symptoms. He's just isolated away from the team. But because he lives by himself and he's not around teammates all that much, it appears as though through contact tracing, this has not spread to anybody else on the team. That's good news. I, my, my question is, how did Nick Saban go from testing positive and then was it a false positive because he tested a couple more times and then they let him on the field? Remember? Three negative situation. He had three negative yeah, tests. So if they're going to be testing Trevor Lawrence every single day until until he gets three negatives in a row and, and then they can say, but, but it's, apparently it's, they have to give him 10 days for the protocols. Different right? conference. Something different like con- different conference. Different conference, different, different protocols. Rules. SEC says three okay. tests, three tests that are all separated by 24 hours each, and you're good. You can go right back on the field. You can go coach. We saw okay. with Nick Saban. It's, with the ACC, they have their own rules. You have Pac-12. We know we're going to run yeah. into our own problems once we start up next week. Uh, and the Big Ten, obviously, Chris, you talked about it, the 21 days of quarantine after a positive test is just 
That's insane. Uh, That's insane. It's in, it is. It makes zero sense if you have a kid who's who's testing negative, especially with all of the false positives we've seen, right? I mean, the science behind this, guys, is still really new. We're going to have false positives. We're going to have false negatives. Like, it's going to happen. If you can prove by multiple tests that the, it, the, the person is negative, forget your protocols. Like, get the person back on the field, you know? So the 21 days from the Big Ten is insane to me. Uh, if if he doesn't if he tests negative between now and and Notre Dame a couple times and they still want to play this this protocol game and keep him off the field it'll it, it's it's a joke if that happens I'm Trevor Lawrence I'll you know me I would have a hard time not just saying you know what fine I'm done I'm done uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go play I'm gonna go I'm gonna go worry about the NFL draft but, you know I mean to me it's getting a little bit overboard with what we're doing here uh, if you have the if you have the negative tests put them out there. I understand you want to be, you got to be careful. The liability thing I've talked about plenty times on, plenty of times on this show. Um, you know that's what it really boils down to. If you have multiple negative tests, the liability is gone. So get them out there. Forget your protocols. It's insane. It's insane what we're doing. I'm sorry. I'm a little fired up on a Friday morning. Preach. Yeah, you no, know, that's very much okay. Uh, week eight in the National Football League kicked off last night, and despite their best efforts, guys, the Falcons didn't falcon. Even though they tried to sure in tried. the fourth quarter. They held on and they won that football game. They moved to a just a stunning two and six on the season. You Panthers, they fall to three and five. I thought this was a pretty decent game. I, I I didn't expect much going into the game between these two teams. I was entertained. It was football. It started the week off right. Falcons are three plays what? away from being five and a uh, five win football team right now. Yeah, they're three Why? plays away from being a five win football team. Here's my question. Why does it seem like every Thursday night game has been, all right, let's pick the two worst teams we could think everybody in America would want to watch and put them on Thursday night? Anybody There's, else feel like that? Well, no, we've had some decent games. Like, we had Chicago and Tampa Bay. I mean, that was a good Thursday night game, you know. Um, was that a Thursday night game? It was a Thursday night game. And you have – there's rules to how they have to schedule the Thursday night games. Remember, for a little while, they were doing only divisional games, which I thought were crazy because those are important games and you're putting them on a short week. Uh, so they've yeah. they've they've gotten away from being only divisional games, but it's going to be in terms of the national. In terms, here's your pecking order: Sunday night football is getting game one. CBS and Fox can each choose the game they want to have as their game of the week on Sundays. Monday night football follows that, and Thursday night football, the NFL just kinds of find a way to make everybody fit. That's how. That's why you get the games that you do because Thursday night football, everybody has to have one. That's not the case on Sunday or Monday, but everybody has to have a Thursday night game, so you have to find a way to make it fit. So the pecking order goes Sunday, or I'm sorry, uh, Sunday night football, Fox and CBS with their their game of the week Sunday afternoon, Monday night football, and then Thursday. Nah, let's just make the puzzle fit. That, that, that's why you get the Thursday night yeah. games the way they do. That's what it's well, Jordan. Like. Jordan, how about this? How about next week I give you Packers 49ers in mm. San Francisco? What is that for? I like that. Quality. That okay, player. well, that's what yeah. you're getting that, next that's week. That's a there game you go. That, you, that you sit down on the couch and watch. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's what you have to look forward to next weekend or next Thursday uh, in week n- nine of the season. Gentlemen, this is, a, this is news that does not pertain to this market, but it has ties to this market as Mike D'Antoni is joining the staff of the Brooklyn Nets, and there will be a coaching staff on the sideline of Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Mike Dantone. This warms my heart. As, as somebody who was lucky enough to have a front row seat working with the Phoenix Suns throughout that, that era, the seven seconds or less Suns, uh, and just being a Suns fan since I could pick up a basketball, to see Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Mike D'Antoni on the same sideline again, that just warms my heart. It almost, almost, almost makes me want to root for a Nets team that has Kyrie Irving on it, and then I realize it's Kyrie Irving, and I'm like, nah, I'm good, dude. I'm, I'm I don't know, but it does warm my heart to uh, to see those three, or or um, you know, anticipate seeing those three on the sideline together. That's just as a Suns fan, you, it's it's gonna make you smile. It has to. Those All are right. great times. I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. It's Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Kyrie goes down. KD goes down. A couple <laughs> other players go down. Their bench is limited. I see where you're Here going. Comes Steve I don't Nash, think you can do Amari this. Amari Stoudemire, mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni, head coach, Steve Nash, and Amari Stoudemire both snapped their hamstrings and Achilles first play. Dream <laughs> over. Dude, I mean, there have been, Schubert. 
player coaches in the past in the NBA. I don't it's think Steve Jackie Nash is going to be one. It's not against the rules. Jackie, Jackie Moon, Moon, maybe the greatest of all time. ABA. Never seen the movie. But everybody love everybody. ELE. Fourth place. But, uh, I mean, could you imagine that? Seeing the pick and roll back. Steve Nash, Marius Stoudemire. Let's do it. Let's Steve steps it. in. I got this. I Those got were this, just am amazing times. It's cool to see them back together, working together. Um, but it's just going to be weird to see it in Brooklyn. You know? But almost, yeah, it's gonna be almost makes me want to root for the Nets. But then, Schubert, are you going to be rooting for the Nets? Uh, no, I will not be rooting for the Nets. Are you a are Knicks you a, guy? Yeah, what are you? No, I'm a Dallas Mavericks guy. And oh, Sean knows why I'm a Dallas oh, Mavericks guy. He's he's very millennial. Jordan, he's very millennial in this respect, where he goes to he follows the, the player more than the team. That's a yes, generation. That's, that's a that's a generational and that's thing. Luca. Yeah. That's but in the it's, the NBA has done such a good job creating superstars that people in the in the generation today, most of them, a lot of fans. There's nothing wrong with this. They're fans of players even more so than teams. So they kind of follow their favorite players. Schubert kind of falls into that that categories he's he's a he's a Luka Doncic uh well just because I'm right that's the reason why Homer I follow Luka because I'm right on, on that point uh last you thing for you and we've added some production value to this I'm not happy about oh it is this where we're putting whatsoever. this this is where we're gonna put this we're gonna right. do 60 seconds of baseball so, and Sean has worked very hard and I, I think I'm already right, wasting 60 seconds some time have started. here yeah your clock's yeah, running so I've bro. already wasted time here the okay. clock is running so <laughs> I'm a little flustered because now I got a clock and there's yep. music in my ear it's 50 not great. seconds um yep. So the uh, Chicago White Sox, they hire Tony La Russa as their new manager there. So a little bit of an old school manager uh, going to a, a young up-and-coming Chicago White Sox team. We'll see how that works. I think that's going to be a complete dumpster fire. And it appears as, as though by the end of today, Friday, when we're recording the show, the Detroit Tigers are going to hire A.J. Hinch as their manager. And if that name oh, yeah. sounds familiar, it's because A.J. Hinch, involved in the Houston sign-stealing scandal, got suspended, got, got ultimately fired from Houston because of that. So he is, uh, he's gone uh, from Houston. Looks like he's going to be the new Detroit Tigers manager. 60 seconds of baseball is almost up, Schubert, but it was almost like a 60-second suspension. It's red. It blinks red it was, when I get to 10 seconds. It, it almost feels like a 60-second suspension <laughs> is what we had for A.J. Hinch. And then is the seat. I mean, it feels like... Like the season just ended. Oh, sorry, I gotta stop. Sorry, we're up. That's it, Schubert. No more baseball. We that's, gotta get, that's, that's all you get. Sixty seconds. The I clock has right. spoken. The clock is spoken. You're done. No more baseball. Jordan, did you have all a right, resident well, expert? The, yeah, resident we didn't even get the resident expert. Get a in there. Go ahead, to add. Yeah. <laughs> no, you yeah, want to do I, something I think, quick here know, before I tease the break? Go ahead. Italian coaches are good. Larusa. Okay, there you go. So Tony Larusa gets a check mark. Got to be Italian. Right. He's a big fan. Okay. All right. He's a big fan up. of Tony Larusa. Okay. All right. So on it. that note, Fires that on. is what is in the lead on the program today. Coming up next, Cardinals on by this week, but their second half begins next week. We will give a second half preview of the Arizona Cardinals next on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. Hey, I got to say about my friends over at Earnhardt Auto Center. Sean, how good have they been to us with the Noble Express option? Driving up a car to your front door for you to test drive for the day. Since 1951, nobody has taken care of the Valley here in Arizona better than the Earnhardt family. Um, and I, I, as I said, I did the Noble Express option on Noble.com. They bring a car right to your driveway right to your front door. They let you test drive it for the day, you drive around, you have a great time. You can, I, I actually got a chance to drive a brand new Lexus. It was a beautiful car. Um, you can just tell the, the difference in the engineering when you hop in a car like that. And we had a great time. We drove around all day, got some food. It was a blast. They ended up coming back and picking up the car. It was such a simple process. So if you're sitting at home right now and you're going, man, I, I would love to just test drive a new car, Earnhardt, uh, makes it so easy. If you go to nobull.com and click the express option, nobull.com, Earnhardt Auto Centers, that ain't no bull. Yeah, I think just addressing it and, and understanding, um, you know, last year, coming off the bye was, was the one game since I've been here that I felt we were just non-competitive. I felt we had a bad week of practice. It rolled right into Thanksgiving. I mean, it was kind of a combination of things and, and you know, we were awful against the Rams, and, and they kind of embarrassed us. And, uh, so just addressing and making sure guys understand we, we got to stay more locked in this year. We have to um, individually take it upon ourselves to, to keep the focus and stay dialed in and stay on this kind of uh, energy that we're on right now. Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury speaking to the media about the 
debacle that was last year's bye week and how they are going to try to not repeat that performance this year as the Arizona Cardinals do head into their bye week. And gentlemen, I think this is a very nice place to start as we begin to transition into the quote-unquote second half for the Arizona Cardinals after uh, they have their bye week this weekend. This was a problem last year. They came out of the bye week. They did not look prepared. They did not look ready to play. And the Rams came out there and made them look like a team that wasn't prepared, wasn't ready to play, blew the doors off of them last year. And Cliff and Kyler both spoke to the media this week and talked about not having that issue pop up again this year. You're 5-2. and two, You're heading into your bye week. You're coming out of that bye week with a game against Miami. You really got to set the tone for the second half here. So I like that they're addressing this. I like that they're being upfront and saying, yeah, we missed the mark last year. It's something we have to correct. We can't let this be an issue this year. So I like to see the responsibility being taken by both Cliff and Kyler here because this was a big talking point last year. And if they're able to correct this, they come out of the bye week with a win. We're talking about a 6-2 and two Cardinal team, Sean. Yeah, I mean, last year, that game against the Rams, 34-7 to seven was your final score. Jared Goff throws for 424 yards and two touchdowns Kyler Murray all of 163 yards one interception he was sacked three or six times I should say uh it's just an absolute debacle but you mentioned it I, I, I want to play it for you here's here's Kyler you heard Cliff coming out of the break there but Kyler Murray also putting a lot of emphasis into uh into into is it taking this bye week in stride and not taking a week off here's Kyler talking about the adjustments he's making in year two I'm a year more mature um, you know, I've been it, been um, you know, this is year two for me. So, understanding uh, what what happened last year, what I did last year, uh, for me there is no bye week. Uh, last year, you know, we kind of treated it as if there was a bye week. This year, uh, you know, head stays down, um, and for me, there really, like I said, there's no bye week for me. So, I'm gonna keep at it, um, and uh, you know, be ready to come back and lead these guys. That was an embarrassing loss last year, and you can tell that it's still sticking around with both coach and quarterback, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, as it should. I mean, any. I, I also think that they're a completely different team than they were last year mm-hmm. for obvious, you know, obvious things. They just look more mature. Um, uh, their leadership. I mean, what DeAndre Hopkins has done for the offense defensively, they're playing confident. Vance Joseph looks like he's got back to uh, to what what got him a head coaching job in the first place. Um, and so I, I think you you go into this bye week relaxing, but not taking your foot off the gas pedal relaxing but still focused and still ready to to get back into practice and get back into a a game week because i think last last time you know their defense was not prepared they were not ready to come back and play a rams team that is is you know pretty dynamic they're going to be able to watch tua this weekend for the first time in miami start um against the rams so it's actually going to be a, a good for them to be able to sit back and watch that game and watch how um their offense changes and and the demeanor of that team. So, um, yeah, still got to be focused going into the bye week. Your professionals relax your body um, and your mind, but but have still uh, a focus. You're not you're not done. The work's just beginning. Based on what you just said, and I agree, that was actually something I wrote down in my notes. Like you have zero zero excuse to lose this game coming out of the bye week. Like if you want to be taken serious as a as a head coach in in the NFL, I mean, just look at some of the some of the 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 coaches that people put atop the the pecking order of the National Football League today and how they do coming out of a bye week. Andy Reid, 17-3. and three. Bill Belichick, 14-5. and five. In your own division, Pete Carroll, 6-3. and three. Sean McVay's 2-1. and one. Like You have to take advantage of the bye week. And to me, it is, it is indicative of how good of a head coach you are in the NFL because you have two weeks to, to, to prepare. There's no excuse why you shouldn't have a better game plan in place than the team you're facing yeah, and, and, and win those football games. To the Cardinals' credit, they beat a Seattle team coming off a of bye this past week. You know, so I mean, it, it does happen. I get it, and I just threw Pete Carroll in there as a, as an example of of records coming off of bye weeks. But you have to win your, the, in my opinion, the game coming out of the bye to really start to put together a successful season. It's right up there, in my opinion, with winning divisional games. Right, like every coach, you'll hear him say it. You got to win within the division. You got to find a way to win after the bye. It's one of the few times you, as a as a team have a decisive advantage over the team across from you in being prepared for that particular game. You can't lose that game. If you want to be considered mm-hmm. a good head coach in the NFL, you have to be able to out-scheme the coach across from you when you get two weeks and they get six days. You have to find a way to make that happen. And so hopefully we see a better effort from the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler Murray. And there are only two times during the year in the regular season where you are your most prepared. Week one, 
and coming off of a bye week. Those are the two games you are most prepared for as a team and as a head coach because that's the, the, the those are the two games you have the most time to put in the prep work, to put in a game plan. And if we are to believe that Cliff Kingsbury is this offensive guru that can be super creative, the extra week should only be able to, to show us that even more. We didn't see that last year against the Rams. Year one, first time in the NFL. I'm willing to give him a pass on that. But if this year, if he comes out of a bye week with a team that's 5-2, and two, that just found themselves offensively against Seattle, I, I think we start to ask questions about, hey, like, is Cliff up to the standards that this job needs to have, right? They Like, he's found ways to win football games, but there are warning signs of a coach that may not have it all together yet, have all the pieces together. And if you come out of a bye week for the second straight year and you don't look good, that's going to raise a lot of questions about Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. Jordan, what goes into a bye week from a player's perspective? Um, you know, I mean, throughout college, you have bye weeks in college football yeah. as well. And, you know, you played both college and, uh, you know, had a stint in the National Football League. But what goes into a bye week from a player's perspective? Like you hear you hear Kyler saying he's going to have a completely different mindset this year. What does that mean from a player's perspective? What is it? What goes into a bye week? Well, I think what he means by that is that he's not going to check out. I mean, a lot of guys will will take a vacation, you know, midweek or they'll fly to, you know, a different country and lay on the beach and have margaritas for for a week. That's not good for you. That's not good for your your body. I think the bye week is meant to help you recover physically and mentally from the game uh, that is extremely violent that, you know, that there are everyone's hurt. Everyone's playing with some type of of uh, bruise or or nick or what have you, but this is an opportunity for everyone to relax. And because of COVID, they obviously can't travel anywhere, so it will be better. But I think what Kyler's saying there is, I'm not checking out this time. I'm, I'm still going to be uh, I'm going to be relaxed, but I'm still going to be focused. I'm going to be focused on my hydration, uh, eating right, and, and all those little things so that when we start back up, my body is ready to go again. So that, that's most important during the bye. And per the NFL protocols, guys, this year, I don't, you don't have to worry about players you know, taking a vacation because they Traveling, can't. Yeah. They can't. They have to still get tested the yeah. same amount that they were test, they're tested during regular weeks, even during the bye week. They're still required to come in and take those tests. So you don't have to worry about players you know, uh, disappearing from town. Um, but you know, your mindset still has to be right. And uh, last year, I think the Arizona Cardinals, there was a lot that was kind of snowballing into that if you remember the Rams before that Cardinals game got absolutely embarrassed on Monday Night Football so you had a Rams team coming in fairly motivated right uh and for, for the Arizona Cardinals it was they were kind of going the opposite direction they had lost a couple games in a row you know their defense they still couldn't figure out how to stop a tight end I grabbed some stats from that game remember Tyler Higby went off for 107 yards on seven receptions My with boy. a score that game as well so I mean there was a lot the Cardinals were trying to find themselves at that time and you had a pissed off Rams team after getting absolutely embarrassed on Monday night football. So you just can't let that happen again. This year you're, you're going into a game out of your bye against a team that I think you're more talented than top to bottom on the, on the roster. And you mentioned it a second ago, Jordan, you get a rookie quarterback in his second start. You're the first team that gets to prep for, for, uh, for Tua and have game film to look at yeah. you can sit on the yep. couch and watch the game real time you get to then di start dissecting that game film the second that game is over if you're Vance Joseph in the defense of the Arizona Cardinals so there's no excuses this 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 time around none zero you want me to take you serious as a head coach in the NFL Cliff you you win this football game coming out of the bye and you win it you win it going away it, you, this game should feel like the Cowboys game if you ask me I know that the Dolphins are right now playing probably better football than Dallas is, but you're the better roster top to bottom and you have the advantage of two weeks coming out of the bye. There should be no no feeling out of this bye like we had last year for the Arizona Cardinals. None. There's zero excuse for that. You should do to the Dolphins what the Rams did to you coming off the bye week last year. Well, right? I mean, That's that what was, we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, yes and no. Uh, the Rams put up 549 yards to your 198. Like, that was an embarrassment. I'm not expecting the Cardinals to go out and embarrass the Dolphins, but you should win decisively. You have every advantage Miami's going a good into team. it. They are. They're, they're defensively. They're a lot yep. better than I thought they were going to be. very well coached. Yep. Very well coached yep. team. Yep. If you, if you and, had any thoughts whether or not they hired the right guy when they got rid of Gase, Forget about it. They have. They got a coach there. Now they can start building around it. They hope they have the quarterback, and we'll see. But you still should be the better football team next weekend. 
And one other note I want to make on this as we look not just at the bye week and the game against Miami, but the second half in general is one of the things that's going to help the Cardinals, I think, get out of this bye week and continue this flow is the emergence of Chase Edmonds as this lead back in this offense with Kenyon Drake being down with that ankle injury. We saw how involved and how explosive he could be in that game against Seattle. Cliff Kingsbury's got to do a good job here over the having this bye week, being able to, to come up with some more creative ways to get Chase involved because the more he gets Chase involved, the more it helps with the play fakes with Kyler, the more it impacts their ability to confuse defenses. So I think that's another storyline, right? We can talk about Cliff and Kyler's preparation, but they've also got to get some of their playmakers involved, and that starts with Chase Edmonds. I would Chase agree. Edmonds is a stud. I would agree. Chase Edmonds is a stud. Flat out. I think that Chase Edmonds is the better back in Arizona. Um, and uh, that's that's not to slight Kenyon. Uh, I just think that Chase Edmonds is the, is the better running back for this system. But the reason that they give Kenyon all the carries is because they're paying him top five running back money this year. And so you're not going to not pay your $11 million running back. Uh, you're not going to not give him carries. I think that this coaching staff, likes Chase Edmonds better. I think they're uh, excited to see what he can do long-term. And this is an opportunity for him to show the Cardinals coaching staff that he is a viable number one running back. Not to mention, the other guy who's going to be getting carries is my dog, DJ Foster, who's going to be uh, working in and getting some carries this week. So I'm really excited to watch the Cardinals, um, obviously because DJ is one of my best buddies. But Two, I think Chase Edmonds is a stud. I think he's going to show it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're hanging on to Kenyon Drake because of what you said. Obviously, you're paying the guy with the transition tag, you know, top dollar. But I think they're still hoping that you can find what you had the last six games of the schedule last year with Kenyon Drake as well. You know, my question for you, though, Jordan, is Chase Edmonds the type of guy that can be an every down back, in your opinion? Can he take that – the you know what it you know the punishment of what it takes to carry or touch the football yeah. twenty to twenty five times in a game you know I guess the one thing the Cardinals have going for them is they haven't really asked any of their backs to be a twenty five touch guy you know this year a lot of the carries are going to to Kyler Murray I mean just look at Sunday night Murray carried the ball fourteen times Chase had five Kenyon Drake had fourteen so Kyler Murray had as many carries as any other yeah. back on the on the on the roster so. Uh, you know, the, the good thing for Chase and the Cardinals is they haven't really asked a back to touch the ball 25 times, but that may come up in the flow of a game. You don't know. Can Chase Edmonds yeah. be the guy that touches the rock 20 to 25 times? Is he that kind of back? I, I think so. I think he's the guy. I mean, you look at look at the, the trend almost in the NFL now besides Derrick Henry is small running backs. I can tell you from, from playing – that I would rather tackle a Derrick Henry than have to tackle Chase Edmonds, who's smaller. He hides behind the line. He's tough to see. You don't know if those guys can, they're, they're stocky, so they can try to truck you or they can try to juke you. You don't know what they're going to do. And so you have to just try to guess versus a Derrick Henry. You know that probably 90% of the time he's not going to try to truck. He's going to try to stiff arm you and run, you know, by you through you. So I, I, I always hated playing the smaller running backs because they're shiftier. They're tougher to see behind the backfield. Um, Chase Edmonds, for, I mean, look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's very short, very stocky. He's, he does, he's doing really well in Kansas City right now. I think Chase Edmonds is obviously smaller. He has a lot to prove still um, that he can stay healthy. So it'll be interesting to see how many carries they go with him and how many with DJ. Um, but uh, it, like I said, I think, and to go back to your point, Schubert, originally, they have to get the run game going. They have to get mm -hmm. him involved because when, he's, when they're running the football wheel with Chase Edmonds, that that opens it up for Kyler. That is when he can pull the ball and start making plays with his feet. That's when he can get single coverage on DeAndre Hopkins and throw it out to him. So the run game opens up the pass. Everybody knows that. Yep. Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to boil down to when you start to see how the snaps are divvied up. You know, a lot of it's going to going to be who's who's taking care of the quarterback and the and you know in, in blitz pickups and and you know if you can't if you can't pick up a blitz as a running back in the NFL, you're just not going to be on the field. You know what I mean? So it's I, I think a lot of it's going to boil down to in uh, pass protection, who's who's able to to step up and pass pro as well. So um, the Cardinals are going to feel it out. Chase Edmonds is going to get his opportunity, uh, and we'll, we'll see where they go. If he goes down, they're getting thin at that position at that point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens two weeks from now when the Cardinals get back after it. It's 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 the bye week for this team is coming at the right time because they're 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 dinged up. They're trying to figure a few things out. I think the bye week's coming at the right time, and and they're they're lucky. It seems it seems like every year the Cardinals 
wind up with a mid-season buy, like that that week eight, week seven, week nine, somewhere around that area. Uh, so they're 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 lucky. It's coming at the right time again this year. It's coming at the right time, and I think the messaging that we're hearing from the coach and the quarterback are exactly what you want to hear. They're not writing last year as a one-off. They're saying, no, 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 there were mistakes that we made. We are going to correct them this year. We are going to put ourselves in a better position, and it helps that they have a better team than they did last year, right? I think there's no disagreement that this team, talent-wise, is better despite the injuries, right? Having no Chandler Jones and no Kenya Drake obviously hurts, but Kyler year two, they added wide receivers. They've made some changes defensively. They're, they're, they're talent-wise, they're in a better spot, so not surprising that, that that's what the messaging is and, and guess what we'll have the week off to, to see you know what this team does and then we'll see them against Miami speaking of Miami he makes his debut on Sunday he's also the next opponent for the Arizona Cardinals we will talk about Tua Tungavailoa next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone it's the game that a lot of people in the NFL are going to be watching as Sean mentioned in the previous segment it's going to be the game that Vance Joseph will be watching probably with a very close eye as Tua makes his National Football League debut against the Los Angeles Rams. The quarterback change that uh, was a little controversy behind it. I think there was some debate about what the right decision to make was there in Miami, but they've gone with two. It felt like a preconceived plan, and they're sticking to it. And, and guys, I'll open the floor with this question. Son, I'll start here with you. As Tua makes his debut, right, he wasn't the first pick off the board, but he going into last season was one of the guys that everybody talked about as, man, the can't-miss quarterback prospect. What are realistic expectations for Tua coming off of that, that hip injury, coming in here middle of the season, playing a Rams team that defensively can be a challenge for them? We just saw what they did uh, against the Bears on Monday night. Catching him with Cressman under, by the way, 3-0. What are realistic expectations for him this game, but then big picture the remainder of the season? He's going to be a rookie quarterback. And, and if people think there's any, any expectations of him coming out and having like a Lamar Jackson year two showing or a, a uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes year two showing or even what Kyler's doing right now, you're, you're crazy. Like He's going to be a rookie quarterback. He's going to have his lumps. The offensive playbook's going to have to be scaled back a little bit. He's going to have you know moments where you scratch your head. I think he's also going to have moments where you go, that was a hell of a play. I just don't know. Like When you look at smaller quarterbacks, and maybe I'm more of a traditionalist in this respect, um, when you have smaller quarterbacks, they better have something special about him as well. Kyler Murray is special with his legs. He's got the ability to make anybody in space look ridiculous. He's got the ability to make people, when, he's, when he, it looks like he's, he's dead to rights in the pocket, look ridiculous, extend a play, and, and, and find somebody down the field. When you're a smaller quarterback, and, and I don't know how much Tua has in that respect, He's going to have some trouble. He's going to have to play a lot more of a Drew Brees-style football game than a, than, a, than a Kyler Murray type. So don't expect him to light up the scoreboard You know, here in the next whatever. What do we have left? They're going to get 10 games worth of, of film on him. I, mm -hmm. Realistically, he's going to be a rookie quarterback. He's going, to, he's, he's going to have his lumps. He's going to have moments where you go, okay, that's what they saw and why they drafted him. But you, it's hard to say what a, what a young quarterback is going to do. I'll tell you this, he's he, in my opinion, he won't do what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do. In my opinion, they probably won't have the playbook as open as it was for Ryan Fitzpatrick as well because the guy's been around, he's seen more, he understands more. So if you're Miami, you're probably looking at a quarterback that you know, you're going to have to 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 steer along the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's he's a rookie. I mean, we've been spoiled in the NFL, guys, in the last handful of years of young quarterbacks coming onto the scene and 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 just having instant success. Right? It's not going to happen with everybody. Like, you can't put those expectations on every young quarterback. You just can't. Like, I mean, think of Lamar year one when they finally sat down Joe Flacco and they put Lamar Jackson in. You're probably going to see something similar to that. Uh, that, that's that's what my expectations would be going forward. I, I, I can't expect him, and I don't think it's fair to expect him to go out and just light up the NFL because it's, pro it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. I am really excited to watch Tua. I think um, he's going to show flashes of being great and yeah. probably show flashes of being a rookie. Yeah. I think another thing you have to take a, a look at is the team that they're playing. They're playing probably uh, one of the hottest teams right now in the NFL. The Rams are playing really good football. They're coming off mm -hmm. a short week. So I think, you know, it's it's going to be that's going to play to Miami's favor. They're traveling to the East Coast to Miami for the game. Uh, but the they're, he, he's going up against Aaron Donald. 
the best defensive player in the league. Jalen Ramsey, probably the, one of the best corners in the league. I mean, this is a defense of the Rams that's playing really well, really confident, especially coming after that that Chicago game. So I I I I want to root for Tua. I want Tua to do well. Absolutely. But I just think it's going to take some time. I think yeah. it's going to take some time. And I I do like the decision to go with Tua and move on from Ryan Fitzpatrick, although he was playing great. You're not going to win a Super Bowl this year in Miami. Not with not with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not with Tua. Let's get Tua experience. You feel like he's healthy enough. You feel like he's playing well in practice. He knows the offense. Let's get him out there, get him experience, so that next year we can make a legitimate playoff run. Um, and sometimes you have to play that long game. And I think that's what Miami's doing. But exciting times for for Dolphins fans. And he's only going to put more people in seats. And by the way, that 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 stadium will be open, and there'll be there'll be a lot of fans there for Tua. And that was the original conversation, Schubert. Right? I mean, it was you you hit a fork in the road if you were Miami, and and it still still right now feels as if the organization maybe they didn't tell Ryan Fitzpatrick based on his comments but it still feels like the organization had a plan we're going to put Tua in mm-hmm. after the bye week that's what it still feels like but you were a, you hit a fork in the road because you are a team that's still in the mix in the AFC East and you're still in the mix in the AFC playoff hunt so you had to choose okay original plan was this way and you know that's putting Tua in, and we're gonna get some we're gonna get some ten games of, of film on him and see what we have going into next year, or we can continue the way we are because we're still in the mix. And I agree with Jordan. I you know you're at best. I think ESPN has those predictors, right? Those those little you know, how the season's gonna play out. What are your odds and that kind of stuff. And the Dolphins, even where they sat with Ryan Fitzpatrick after their last game, were still a thirty percent chance to make the playoffs. Like, okay, I, I think the better call, as hard as this is for fans to hear sometimes, is exactly what Jordan just said, the long play. Let's get 10 games of film on Tua. Let's know what we got to work on coming into this offseason to help him get to that next level and hopefully have a yeah. year two like Lamar and hopefully have a year two like like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray's having right now. Let's hope we can get 10 games of film, understand what we have to work on and get to that point. So they hit the fork in the road. Because I don't think they were expecting to be where they were, and it was continue as we are or go with the original plan to get the kids some film. I think they're making the right call. Uh, and if they and if it works out, and let's say he does have success, and they still do win football games, then that's just house money for the organization. But either way, you you, you got to get some. You got to get some. You drafted him so high, you're expecting him to be the long term quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick knew. He was going to be just a stopgap until it was two a time. So just get him on film and see what you have. I think it's the right play by the Dolphins long term. And I'm excited to see him, right? I mean, anybody who's a football fan, a college football fan, you always want to see the stars at the next level and see how they do. It's been fun watching Joe Burrow and so forth. So I'm excited to see what he does. Expectations should be kept in check. But I agree with Jordan. I think the Dolphins are making the right move uh, long term here. Yeah, I, I think my my pause in this, right, my pause in them playing Tua is that they could have let these next three games where they're playing some tougher opponents play out to see where Fitzpatrick would have gotten them. And, and this is a point I've made before. There was a softer landing spot in the schedule, and I understand the argument the bye week gives him extra time to prep. But it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick needs every every first-team snap in practice, right? He's a veteran. You can give two of some of those snaps in practice and get him prepared for a game against the Broncos or the Bengals or the Jets who they play in the latter part of the season. So I think it would have been because I think there is value in a team's culture in learning learning how to win. And that's what Brian Flores is trying to do there in Miami. And I just think, listen, if Tua comes in and they continue to win, that's great. I think that's going to help them tremendously. I just think I would have seen how these next three games play out to see if you go six and three or you're five and four or you're still in a playoff hunt. And then you would have had a, a softer landing spot for Tua schedule-wise to play. Again, I'm not against the decision to put in Tua because I think we all knew that that was coming at some point. The timing of it just felt a little weird, but I'm with you guys. I'm excited to see him play. I don't think he's going to light it up the way you know we've seen from like even Lamar in year one, which showed those flashes. I don't know if we're going to see all of that from Tua. Let's not forget, guys, unlike those other guys, he's coming off of a major injury too. Like That's something that we need to keep in mind. Um, so I'm excited to see it. As Sean mentioned, always good to see some of these you know, big time college players transition to the pros, especially at the quarterback level. It is a Friday edition of the show, gentlemen, which means we wrap up 
with buy or sell. We got a bunch of different topics that the gentlemen uh, in the boxes below me are going to buy or sell. We'll do it next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. You heard you heard Simone talk about it earlier, gentlemen. Earnhardt Auto Centers, a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, locally owned since 1951. 19 Arizona locations. Doesn't matter where you're at, north, south, east, or west in the valley. Does not matter. They've got you covered. And of course, online as well, nobull.com and the Noble Express tab. You can take care of all your buying needs, including test driving a vehicle from your own home. Jordan Jordan chose the Lexus to show up at his front door. Good call, brother. Good call with the Lexus coming to the front door. But nobull.com, the Noble Express tab, your uh, online buying process from test driving, as I mentioned, to your to your application, to the delivery of your new vehicle once you finish your your uh, your purchasing process. It's the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that can't be beat right there in your own home. The Earnhardt name is a name you know you can trust. 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Chris Schubert. That's right. Give me the music, Sean Crossman. The buy or sell music. I got four topics for you today. All right, what do we got? That we will we will all buy or sell. I'll start with you two, and then I'll close each topic by uh-huh. giving my thoughts. Who wants to go first? Anybody feeling frisky here on a Friday? Well, let Simone go. Let's go. Let's, let's, All right. Let's... Now, can we, right before we start, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Mm-hmm. Is this a is this a, an offense? Do, do we need to launch an investigation into Simone for the sweatshirt that he's wearing today? No, the man the man played for the Seahawks. He's all got right. a Seahawks. So we'll allow sweater. it. Yeah, dude. We'll if I played it. for somebody, you would you would see it all over the wall behind me, right? Are you kidding <laughs> me? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Oh, by the way, we launched the investigation into Sean Crespin's cheating on Wednesday. Uh huh. Came back inconclusive. So for now, you're safe. Came back inconclusive. And if you didn't hear Wednesday's show, uh, as Jordan Simone is now putting on his Seahawks official Seahawks helmet, uh, I I absolutely too much. I absolutely no. Owned, I would I would stay like that. I absolutely owned the line is right where we guess the the, uh, the the betting lines of the week in the National Football League, and I'm usually terrible at it. Owned it. So an investigation, that's how bad I am. It's like when the punter makes a huge hit on Sunday, all of a sudden he gets investigated for, yeah, drug tested. That's what drug happened tested. to me. I owned the random, line is right. Random drug Yeah, test. so then we had yeah, a, a, a random, random investigation. A random investigation. All right, all right let's do so it. So Jordan Simone, if you can hear me through the, the yes, helmet being on. Uh-huh. Okay, very good. Yep. I don't think we can hear you, though, but you I have got to be a little closer mm-hmm. to the mic. Okay, good. I, Buy I or like sell. Like this my, is when you... My offensive coordinator, and I'm a quarterback, and I can hear you in my ear. Right. Okay. So... Number one, this one you brought to the table here today. Buy or sell, the Cleveland Browns are, are are better off without Odo Beckham Jr. And I just want to make one thing clear. None of us are excited that Odo Beckham Jr. is hurt and is no. not playing. But are the Browns better yeah. off with, with him not being in this offense? Um, I'll buy that. Wow. I think, uh, and I, I hate to do it, but I think sometimes um, addition by subtraction is a real thing. When you get rid of somebody that is a, a huge focal point of the team. It's it's a I, I'm having flashbacks talking in this helmet like right now. Um, but <laughs> but when you get rid of somebody that is uh, such a big playmaker and such a um, you know a big personality, it almost brings more focus to spreading the ball around and not having to force it to Odell. Now Odell was playing well. He was looking good. He he was looking like the Odell Beckham Jr. that um, that that we had become accustomed to seeing in New York, but I, I won't be surprised if the Browns offense is more productive without him because I mean, look at some of these, some of the, the teams, you remember the Washington nationals had Bryce Harper. They move on, they go to the world series the next year. I mean, sometimes getting rid of those big, those big players, those big personalities allows you to play more as a team. And Baker Mayfield stops trying to force the ball to Odell and takes what's there, take the read that's given him. So that. That's my opinion. That's the, and, I, and I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to take this damn helmet off, too. Yeah, please really do. Talk that yeah, game. please do. I'm going to sell that, uh, Chris. Here. We're going to hit the sell button. Sell, sell, sell. I'm, uh, I, though I agree with everything you just said, Simone, and I think it might be more of an indictment on Baker Mayfield if he feels compelled to force the football to anybody, including OBJ and his, uh, his big personality. Um, no, you're never better when you remove Odell Beckham Jr. from your football team, I don't think, or any player of that magnitude, even when it is somebody that can be polarizing to the quarterback that's in the huddle. Um, the, the team, to me, has found their their they've got they, they found who they their identity is, what they want to be, and it's run the football first, play action over the top. And uh, there's very few people, gentlemen, who are better uh, when they see one on one coverage because the team is stacking the box against the run than Odell Beckham Jr. So, are you a better football team? No, I do. I 
do think there might be something to what Jordan was saying, though, when you remove somebody who is polarizing personality to the quarterback that's in there and he feels compelled to force the football. I just don't know if that was the case this year. And what have we not seen this year as well? We haven't seen watches on the football field. We haven't seen cleats that are being, you know, causing him to get fined. We haven't seen him doing all of the Odell Beckham things that maybe were a distraction last year. You have an adult in the room now as the head coach, and you haven't seen that. So I, I don't know if it's I, – I can't say it's an improvement when you remove a player of that caliber, even though the numbers haven't necessarily been there for him this year. You know, the, the game against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh two weeks ago, he had two receptions for 25 yards. Like, I mean, it's still a tremendous talent that you have to account for on the football field at all times. So I sell that. They got a good Raiders yeah, team Sean, coming in. They sure do. Sean, make some room, buddy. What do you got? Oh, you're selling it too. Okay. All right. I, I'm with you. I, I just think Odell Beckham Jr. And Jordan, I'm not saying that I disagree with anything that you're saying because I think that's a valid reason to buy this argument. But I just think the caliber of a player that Odell Beckham Jr. is, defenses have to account for that no matter what the antics are off the field, right? A defensive coordinator's got to be like, we got to figure out how to make sure that Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't get the football. And when you take that away, it makes it easier to double Jarvis Landry, right? It makes it easier to stop Baker Mayfield and put him in positions where you can turn him over. So certainly, listen, the personality is a big talking point, but I think when you take a player of that caliber off the field, it makes the job for the defensive coordinator and Sean, your Raiders are going to need it. Uh, it's going to make that job easier for opposing defensive coordinators and opposing defenses. So I'm with Sean. I am selling this one. Number two, Sean, you, this is a story that you were just, it warmed your heart in the lead. So I figured I'd bring it back here uh-huh. in buy or sell. Buy or sell, you will watch Nets basketball this season with Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Mike D'Antoni being the coaching staff. Well, I'll watch Nets basketball next year because they're they're going to be one of the favorites to win the the title. You know, they're going to be one of the few one of the handful of teams in the East where you feel they might be able to make a run at this if they stay healthy. You know, um, but yeah, even furthermore, I told you in the first first segment of the show, kind of warms my heart to see those guys there. Will I watch Nets basketball strictly because of that? No, the first couple of games probably. But overall, if 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 I'm watching Nets basketball, it's because they actually stayed healthy this year and they're in the uh, they're in the hunt to make a run late late next season. So that's why I would be watching Nets basketball. The nostalgia factor will last for the first few games, and then it'll just be the Nets and whether or not they're playing good basketball will draw me to the TV or not. Are you buying or selling? The segment oh, yeah, is buy or sell. Pick I'm gonna, one. I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell okay. it. I'm going to sell that. Jeez. Because I, I like I said, I, I don't. Eh. I'm going to sell it, too. I don't watch a, a game for a coach. I watch it for the players. I'm going to be watching it for KD and Kyrie and yep. see what they can do. And they, they made a good run this year, by the way. Joe Harris is is a, is a stud. He can, he can shoot the three ball and play good D, three and D guy. So uh, I'll be watching the Nets. Yeah, I'm with you guys on this one. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> Next. I, I, think, I think when – no, hold on. Really quick, I just want to make a point. When uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN puts out his, like, league pass – rankings when he ranks the teams on how watchable they are on league pass like how often you should tune into one of their games the nets are going to be at the top of the list because of the caliber of players that we mentioned and because of the coaching that is going to be a thing but overall day to day unless they're on national tv or they're playing the suns or it's a big time matchup i don't think i'm gonna go out of my way just because steve nash is the coach there it's a good story as sean said warms your heart but no i I, i'm selling okay gentlemen buy or sell sean we'll start with you Patriots empire starting to fall, starting to crumble. We're going back to the NFL. Way to to line those up properly there, Schubert. Okay, so back to the NFL. Patriots. (laughs) I'll I'll stick at 60 seconds of baseball in here if you keep talking. (laughs) Patriots. uh, You said the Patriots dynasty is starting to fall? The Patriots empire is starting to fall, crumble. You can hit the sell button seven times for me, please, if you think the Patriots are, are going to crumble. As long as Bill Belichick is there, no. Are they having a down year? Yes, they're in a re- they're in a they're 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 heading in a new direction. The post Tom era is the is the uh, franchise going to fall? No, they're one of the few football teams in the in the NFL that have structure from top to bottom. Kraft knows his role. He gives the keys to Belichick. Let's Bill be Bill. And what Bill Belichick's doing right now is very it's very Belichick. You're seeing guys like Steph Gilmore be on the trade block. Why? Because they have a year or two more of high value, and that's what Belichick does. He moves on. He'll find his quarterback. It's not going to be Cam. I think Cam Newton 
at first. You got to give Josh McDaniels and company a lot of credit for getting the most out of him. But I think his skill set overall limits where they can or cannot go, and defenses have now caught up, and that's going to be a problem. So he's not going to be their long-term quarterback there, but they'll find one. And as long as Bill Belichick is there, you can hit the sell button again on that, Schubert. That team is not going anywhere. They'll they'll be fine in terms of the in terms of the long-term success of the dynasty or the empire, as you put it. The question was, is the dynasty falling? Yes. I yes. buy it. The dynasty Let's go, Jordan. is falling. You're only as good as your quarterback. If you're look at look at Pete Carroll. He was not successful until Russell Wilson got to Seattle. I think he was 14 and 18 until Russell Wilson got to Seattle. Look at Jared Goff. Look at all of these quarterbacks that are, are accelerating teams. Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. John Harbaugh was on the way out until Lamar Jackson got there. You're only as good as your that look at. No disrespect to Bill Belichick. He is the GOAT. He's the greatest coach of all time. But no Tom Brady. They're not looking good. Cam Newton looked good for a couple weeks. Now he's throwing balls in the dirt. He doesn't look good. Their defense is hurting. They're going to trade Stephon Gilmore. They're going to rebuild. But who will they get to be their quarterback? Will they lose enough games to be able to draft a quarterback early? Will they be able to move up? Will they trade for somebody? Uh, I, I, I just I think the dynasty is over. I think they're in a rebuild mode now. Not to say that they can't get back there one day, but the dynasty is over. How England. do you how do you feel about Matt Castle as a quarterback, Jordan Simone? How do you feel about him as a quarterback? Are you talking about the one year that Matt Castle stepped in? Well, I mean, you're for, only as good as your if you're only as good as your quarterback, then 11 wins with Matt Castle at the helm is pretty damn solid for Bill Belichick. They hey, have Sean, eight. What? Eight what players. Did, what did Matt Castle do after that? That's my point. He won 11 games with Matt Castle, who went to Kansas City and did nothing. This team had eight players opt out due to COVID. They've had injuries galore on the defensive side. Steph Gilmore right now is having an MRI today. Like, this team is it's Julian not Edelman's just... Hurt too, it's yeah. Julian Edelman's hurt. Nikhil Harry has yeah. a, as a, as potential hey, a concussion. Hey, who's their GM? It's not the quarterback. Who's their, who's their GM? Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick. Who's the one that brings these guys in? Well, the team Bill is fine, Belichick. but you you get you get eight guys back after after the the opt out. You know, it, it's the dynasty is not dead if you think it is. They That's have no crazy weapons talk. offensively. That's crazy. They have no talk. weapons offensively. Hey, hey Jordan, can, yep. you, can you scoot over a little bit? Yep. Need to make some room over there because I'm with you on this one. Sean, there's too many holes to fill, and I don't think there's enough time before other teams in the AFC are going to pass them by. Right. I think when yeah. you look at not only quarterback and that's the biggest position that they have to fill, uh -huh. but guys, they got to get like three more wide receivers. They got to figure out what they're doing on the offensive line. Their defense, if they move on from Gilmore, they got to get a new corner. You mentioned those players opting out, Sean. It's not like those those players are going to just walk back in and everything's going to be fine. They took a year off from football. There are too many question marks that this team has to fill. I am not questioning Bill Belichick's coaching ability. I'm not even questioning Bill Belichick, the general manager. I just think this is a race against time. And I think that the, the, if you turn the hourglass over, we're, we're, there's not a lot of beads of sand left for Bill Belichick to fix this. So I buy it. Get them out. Get them out of the AFC East. Hey, just, really division quick, now. just really quick. Uh -huh. It's a grain of sand. It's not a bead. Okay, continue. Yeah, we also have to put a disclaimer. Uh, Resident Jets guy. Resident Jets I, fan. I just made a great point, and you both just I agree talking. with you. No, I, I agree you. with Schubert. I, I mean, listen, the I'll, team, I'll, Miami's getting good. Buffalo's getting good. I mean, teams are going to start. The Jets are getting good. All right. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Next. Number four, gentlemen, uh -huh. buy or sell. The Cowboys should tank for Justin Fields. Now, before I ask you to buy or sell Justin this topic, Fields. let me just let you know, and this is Simone. Simone threw out the Justin Fields hype because yeah. I don't think he thinks the Cowboys are going to get Trevor Lawrence. Ben DiNucci is going to start Sunday for the Cowboys, the expectation. They would be the first team since the 2005 Rams to start a rookie seventh-round pick at quarterback. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 0-3 uh, as a starter. Washington in 1994 with Gus Farratt was the last team to Gus. start a rookie seventh-round quarterback Gus? and win. Clubs are 0-9 since. So, Jordan, I think since this is your topic, I know where you're going to go, but we'll start with you on this one. Uh, no, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> I, I just heard this topic brought up. Um, basically, do the Cowboys just restart? They're so bad right now. Do they just start from square one, move on from Dak, who they're going to have to pay an arm and a leg to, and, and try and draft 
a new quarterback in Justin Fields, somebody that you feel like, you know, might be an upgraded version of Dak. You don't have to pay him as much long term. Uh, but I don't think you do that. I think you stick with Dak. You got Zeke. You've got the camaraderie there. You've got your, your team leadership. Um, Dak's a good quarterback. He was showing it this year, too. Their defense just can't stop a nosebleed. So I think you take your early pick and go defense and don't question twice. Last year, they pick a receiver. Um, God knows why, but you, you, you got to sure up that defense uh, if you're Dallas. So keep Dak. Sign him to a long-term deal. You're not going to have to pay him as much. Probably be a holdout. Probably a long time. Uh, but they'll come to some kind of deal before the season starts. Draft a defensive player. Please, for all Cowboys fans' sake, do exactly what Jordan Simone just said. Don't draft another offensive weapon. There's nothing wrong with you know going with the, the, the sexy wide receiver when your defense can play. But you know, this year, what the hell were you doing? In the so please for the for the for the sanity of all Cowboy fans in the world. Jerry Jones, do something on the defensive side of the ball. Don't go get a a Justin Fields or invest in a quarterback that's a long-term solution, you know, just to fix the Dan DiNucci or whatever is Ben DiNucci, whatever whatever that is. Don't don't overreact to any of that. Uh, So no respect on his name. I'm going to sell that multiple times again. Like, no, no. If you go out... If you address the quarterback position this year, do it with the Fitzpatricks of the world. You know, go get a a, a Jameis Winston. Go go get a, a Tyrod Taylor from from the Chargers. Somebody who knows they're coming in as a stopgap and hopefully can get you through this terrible NFC East. Uh, but don't do something crazy like drafting a quarterback this year in the offseason or trading for somebody right now and giving up draft picks and assets for somebody who's a long-term solution when you don't need one. So, no, I'd have to sell that a handful of times, Schubert. Gentlemen? Uh-huh. Get Justin Fields to Dallas, baby. Here's why. Why? If you are going to make the argument that this proves the value of Dak Prescott, I would like to tell you that you are incorrect because here is why. This defense is atrocious, like you both have said, and you are about to pay a quarterback $40-plus million and then have zero room to fix said crap defense. So what I want to do is I want to take the $40 million that you were going to invest into Dak Prescott, and you know what I would do? I'd get a couple of players that can help my defense, invest my day two, my day three picks into young defensive players, give my team depth, and with that first-round pick, Get me Justin Fields. Get me Trey Lance. Get me that quarterback of the future. You guys know how I feel about paying quarterbacks big money who maybe don't necessarily deserve it or in that elite category. That's how I feel about Dak Prescott. I am not giving Dak Prescott $40 million. That money can be better used elsewhere because the moment you do that, you commit yourself to one strategy and one strategy only, and that's Jerry Jones and Steven Jones hitting on all of their draft picks defensively. I do not believe that they can do that. Remember when I said we were spoiled earlier with quarterbacks coming in and having success right away? You think the Jets guy here would realize how difficult it is to actually find that franchise quarterback. It's not as easy as saying, oh, we're moving on from this guy. We're just going to draft him. It's not that easy, man. So, no, I I disagree. I completely disagree. Hey, can I throw one last one in here before we get out of here on a Friday? Sure. Is it a baseball related? Do we need to put the clock no, back up? No, no, no. So, oh. apparently, there's a, a, there's a beta race, like a season going on of self-driving race cars named called Robo Race. And the okay. first the first ever race, the first car, it was time for it to take off. As soon as it starts, it hooks a hard right right into the wall. I'll have to tweet this video out. So buy or sell, because you see them all over the place now. You trust self-driving vehicles and would get in one. Buy or sell, Jordan. Well, a Tesla drives itself. It's not really time. what I think he's saying. Not but- at all. Like you would get You're in saying, the, you would get in the back in seat. Car. You'd get in the back seat of a car that is self-driving and let it go. No. So the you're selling that? Not there yet. Hell no! Show you a minute. Hit it for you too. Again, please. Yes, this robo, this robo race team, Acronis Autonomous. Anyway, 
They suffered. You definitely pronounced that wrong. <laughs> on autonoma, whatever it is, suffered an embarrassing first round defeat in their in their uh, season beta 1.1 race as the car just abruptly takes a right turn into the wall. Uh, that's all the proof you need. That no, thank you. I'm not uh, not ready for self-driving vehicles. I'll sell the hell well, out of that. This gentleman, this is going to surprise you. Because I've done it. I have sat in the back seat of these self-driving cars. Wasn't worried at all. Not a problem. Just takes you where you need to go. I and my buddy, my best friend on this earth, hope he's listening to the show today, works in this field. I know how it works. I know the technology. We talk about it a lot. He needs to help I've out. I've been in it. He needs to help out Acronis Autonomous Race Team. Like it's autonomous. The word you're trying to pronounce is autonomous, autonomous. and you're just no. It's because it's it auto. Because it's auto. It's like they're they're trying to play off of that word. It's probably autonomous, and you're just reading it. Well, the way that they did, did, wrote it in the article I have right now is more of like an auto. You know what I mean? Auto, like playing off of autonomous. But yes. Anyway, either way, no, thank you. I'm not getting in. I'm not getting yeah, in. I've been in them. I'm not. Getting I've been in them. They're fine. They're All right, wrap up safe. the show. I wouldn't probably, on a Friday. I probably wouldn't do it on a racetrack, to be honest with you. But uh, it, city life, yes, absolutely. Uh, All right. Oh, as always, appreciate you making us part of your day here on a Friday. Jordan, tell the lovely people what they need to do. Subscribe to the show. You can do so. Uh, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts, rate, subscribe to the show. We always do appreciate it. It helps us out. And it lets you know when episodes drop, right? You you guys get these episodes the moment they, they get published by subscribing. You will get notifications about when that will happen. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me at Shoe Radio. Crespin at SCrespin02. And you can follow Jordan Simone at Jordan Simone. 38. Uh, everybody on this show, have a good weekend. To the listeners, have a good weekend. Also, make sure you join us on Sunday, Noble Live. Uh, Sean and I will get you ready for your football Sunday. The ever-popular and now blazing hot cashing in with Crespin segment tries to go for the unprecedented two positive weeks in a row so that the disclaimer goes away. Uh, we will see how that goes, and we get you ready for the entire football slate. So we'll Making talk to you then. Money. In the, mean, in the meantime, money. take the Steelers. Have a good weekend.